Hello, investors, and welcome to episode three of Dissecting the Deal. Our guest this week is Charlie Ashley. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is your host, Michael Liddicote. I am excited that you tuned into another episode of Dissecting a Deal, where we have no fluff, no philosophy, just investors talking deals. And I'm really excited to bring you this week's interview with Charlie Ashley. Charlie is out of Lexington, Kentucky, and he has what we refer to as just a great university deal. I mean, a deal that just takes you to school and you learn so much from it. I was really excited to talk with him about all the ins and outs and how, again, he started with one philosophy or one plan of what he was going to do and it had to morph and shift. And I think it actually ended up being the third strategy that worked for him. But that third strategy is now his only investment strategy. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you after the interview. For this week's name drop, Charlie brought up a tool that I actually use in my business as well and that is Google Drive. Now, if you're not familiar with what Google Drive is, it's a cloud-based platform for you to create documents, spreadsheets, slides. It is integrated with Google Gmail, uh, or just, I guess just Gmail, and it allows you to do a lot of really great things. I personally enjoy it because what I have my VA do is I will start something in a folder that I have, give her access to it, and then whenever she makes changes and edits, it doesn't live wherever she's at. It's in my stuff and gets edited, changed there, and I can go back and make revisions or undo revisions that she's done or things like that. Uh, what Charlie talked about using Google Drive for in his business was, first of all, it's free for him to start using it and get involved with it. He takes a different folder for every property and puts all of his information about his properties into a single folder. So that way he knows exactly what was what, he's got all his photos in there, he's got all his invoices, he's got everything that he needs. And then Charlie also makes a taxes folder and he throws all of his stuff in there and shares that out with his accountant so that he can get access to stuff. I know a bunch of other realtors and investors that use the, the Google Drive stuff. I know some people that have already got great systems and they kind of wish they could unwind it a little bit and go into Google Drive. It's a really powerful tool. There's a lot of neat things that you can do with it. And it's just a, a, a great way to run your business on something. If you have questions about it, reach out to me. Happy to talk with you about what I use it for. But that is today's name drop. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Ashley got his start in real estate after getting kicked out of college and then finally graduating in 2013. Charlie settled into the eight to six grind after that. In 2017, he met his future fiance, but needed to move from Virginia to Kentucky to close the distance. Starting with a search for how to rent your house led him down a road to renovating and renting his first home. Since then, he's burred three long-term rentals, one Airbnb, and completed a live-in flip. Charlie, welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. So tell us about your deal. Yes. Yeah, so the deal I'll go over was uh, the one I call the pit. And it was a nightmare for about nine months. Okay. Uh, so I'm totally ready to be a dad, I guess. And then, uh, <laughs> but it, it turned, it, I checked like all the boxes of like newbie doing their first deal. Uh, didn't know how to work with contractors. Uh, went way over budget went way, way past my time frame, And at the end of the day, it's turned into this like 
golden nugget of an amazing property. <laughs> so today we'll talk about the the pit. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So what type of asset class was this? This is a single family home. Okay. So you get a single family home and how did you find the deal? So it kind of came to me. Oh, is, great. Even better. So I, I through a, a local meetup, I met uh, there's a, there's a local Facebook page that supports the local meetup here in Lexington, Kentucky. This is where this was. And when I first moved here to, I just threw myself out there. I said, Hey, let me help you out with anything in real estate. Essentially one of those posts you see all the time yeah. in these Facebook groups. So someone reached out to me and his name was Dane and we met up and just kind of shot the breeze and talked about real estate. And from there, we just started hanging out more and more talking about real estate more and more. And through him, I met our buddies, Corey and Dave. Okay. Corey and Dave bought this house. They ripped it to pieces. It's a do a flip because it needed a lot. It needed everything. Sure, sure. And they didn't want to do it anymore. So they told Dane and then Dane called me and he said, Hey, they want to get rid of this house. Give them a call if you want to buy it before they put it on the, the MLS. So that's kind of what started it. Okay. Cool. So um, they they tell you about the house. They tell you about it. What kind of a condition is in when you when you step on site and take a look at it? <laughs> it was it's basically a, a physical house of cards. So when you walk up, it it looks like a house from the outside, but then you go in the front door and you go inside and you go, oh, there's there's nothing here. So they had uh, like these really old uh, I think two by eights or something they had from the original structure propping up. The house so the back like three quarters of the house was off the ground and just resting on these few oh. beams and they had a few footers poured because the foundation was like done uh but other than that like i remember dave walked up when he was showing it to me and he just pushed against one of the walls and it just <laughs> oh it flexed it just what like uh because there's nothing underneath of it so it sure. just started going like a piece of paper in the breeze which is not something you want to see in a house and I'm sitting there like, oh, this, this is going to be great. I can't wait to work on this. <laughs> oh, this looks fun. Right. But uh, okay. from, from the walk, I mean, dude, in that walkthrough, though, we talked about it on the phone. We, we met up. We walked through it. He's showing me that it's basically a hole in the ground. He's talking about the work they already did. The, uh, I'll start with the very few positives before getting into more negative. So <laughs> the few positives were they did a, all the demo. Clearly all the demo was done because yep. there's no, almost no house left. Um, they did all the demo. They had to dig out the crawl space because the house was built in 1900. So over the last 119 years, that dirt just, I get through dust or something, just fills back in. So they had to dig out all this dirt. There's a huge pile of dirt in the backyard. They also had the whole new subfloor in the backyard. They had all this lumber delivered and they had all the shingles for the roof in the, uh, in the front part of the house. So that those are, those are the only positives <laughs> is that I had <laughs> some materials and the demo was done. Okay. The, the negatives were, uh, someone had to build it back right. and it's in a very up and coming neighborhood in Lexington. And even at the time it was pretty, it's still pretty rough now, but after spending a year in it, it's, I can see the transformation happening. Like it's a phenomenal spot to be in. But when I'm walking through that, I'm still new to everything. And the neighboring house, 
to the right is great. It's owned by Vivian. She's awesome. And she saw us walking through and she starts talking to us right away. When are you going to fix this house? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes on for about 10 more minutes about the other neighbors on the other side about how, man, they're coming in, they're breaking in here. I think they're doing drugs. I see them breaking in your garage, doing all this, this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh boy, they are total like meth addicts. Like there's no other way to sugarcoat it. So I was like, oh, perfect. That No problem there. Let me, let me like put an offer on this place. Um, so that's kind of <laughs> what I was walking into at the, at the start. Yeah. So at this point, with all of the positives, demo being done, crawl space being dug out, floor subflooring is on site, shingles are on site, meth house is next door. Like, at what point are you looking at this and going, oh, this is a deal? Uh, almost none. Like, I think so the, the timing, like I always have to be doing something. Okay. And the timing of it was I've done, I did one deal previously in Lexington. And I had just finished, like it just got rented. I uh, popped the champagne bottle because it was my first like investment property here. Super stoked. And I, just, I like, I needed something to do. And I didn't have a lot of experience doing the renovations. Like I did a cosmetic renovation in my house in Virginia before I moved. And the one I just finished before this was another very light, light renovation, like literally floors and paint. And I knew to get the, the big money, you had to know how to do everything like the big house flippers right. know how to literally do everything in a house uh so i knew it would be more of a learning experience and through following uh what's his name mark ferguson sure he's a big bigger pockets dude and yep. he's got a great youtube channel every house he's done i'm like he either buys the house for half price or there's a hundred thousand dollars in room and this deal had the latter it had a hundred thousand dollars in room and it was a small house. It was 880 square feet total, little wow. shotgun house. So I was like, there's like, I'll probably not make any money, but there's, there's so much room in it. Uh, I, I probably won't mess it up too bad. Like I'm not going to lose my shirt over yeah. it and I'll, I'll learn a ton. So that's even from before I even put an offer in, I was like, that's probably what this is going to be. So in our meetups, you know, we would refer to this property as a, a university house, right? Like you're, you're, you're buying because you're going to go to school and you're just going to learn on it. And that's, that's the only point to do it. And, and as you said, as long as you're not losing your shirt on it, or as long as you're not losing a significant amount of money, the experience you get on it to move to the next one is totally worth it. Yeah. I like that phrase. I tell everyone, this is my degree in real estate investing. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. House. yeah. Very cool. Okay. So, um, is, is there any negotiating on the deal? Like, did they tell you here's, you know, they just say the price and you go, or, or how do you get to the final purchase price? So the negotiation was very simple, which from my continued experience, I've learned negotiating real estate is extremely simple. Like you're just dealing with one number at a time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, that's, that's what it kind of, what it boils down to. So they said, after taking a look at it, uh, put my spreadsheet together and everything, I asked them for their information too. So they gave me their budget because oh. they were going into it as a flip on their own. Um, and so ran their number, like their numbers looked fine. And they said, I was like, what are you looking for? And they said, 45,000. I said, okay, let me think about it. I'll call you back. I was like, can you do 40? And they said, let me think about it. I'll call you back. And they, they said, can you do 42.5? And I said, fine, we can do 42.5. And that was it. It was, it was probably over the span of 
like 15 minutes. Okay. All right. So you've got the property at 425. Uh, um, how did you, how did you pay? Did you pay cash? Did you uh, do hard money? So for this one, I used cash from okay. my HELOC on my very first house. Great. Okay. So you just tapped on a line of credit in order to get into this thing. Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, um, and short close on that, like two weeks, 10. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's nothing to expect. It's yeah, a yeah. hole in the ground. It needs everything. It was essentially just as soon as the uh, title work and stuff could be done and scheduled and, and everything. Got it. Okay. So at this point, you now uh, have purchased your degree and it's start time to earning it. <laughs> So, right. um, what did, what do you do first? Actually the first, so the, I did two things in parallel. Thing number one was I was so worried this house was going to fall over or burst into flames because of the meth neighbors and because it was held up by three beams. <laughs> so the first thing I did was meet with their contractor they used to do all the demo and oh. I, his name's Martin and he's phenomenal. I've used him for every other deal after this. He's just, he's fantastic. So I met Martin and I said, Martin, I need a foundation and a subfloor and the, to, <laughs> the structure to be attached to it. <laughs> so he started going on that like right away. And then okay. the other thing I started doing in parallel was refinance immediately. Um, which I should have like, it's kind of like a lesson learned is I should have just gone through this ref, not like refinance, but I went and got a construction loan. Oh, okay. Got it. So I should have done that in the first place because I'm sure they would have been fine with it. But yeah, so essentially I went through this refinance using construction loan. Uh, so they did an as is and a subject to appraisal. The as is appraisal came in at the purchase price, which is expected and that has already bought it. And right. then the subject to appraisal was the subject to once it's an actual home again. Right. And in my numbers, I came up with 135. Okay. And the appraisal came back at 137. So that was nice. So then the bank gave me, uh, oh, I have my numbers right here. I'll give you the exact numbers. Da, da, da. Yeah. So I, they gave me 35,750 at the close of the refinance, which is like roughly 80% of the initial purchase price. Okay. And then I had 60,500 in draws as the construction went along. Very so it, after like in the first month, I got a, <laughs> a foundation, a floor, house lower back on, and then essentially like a $60,000 line of credit to continue the renovations. Nice. Okay. Uh, so from there, uh, you work with Martin, you get it up to uh, a place where you're not concerned about it, catching fire, blowing over, uh, falling down, all that sort of stuff. Um, what did you end up, what did you end up doing it to get it to where you thought it needed to be? So over the next eight months, <laughs> the first month was very eventful over the next eight months. I, I was, I just went so slow. Like there's just so much you don't know how to do. And I was trying to sub everything out and kind of GC oh. it myself to save money, which is a, it's, it, it is a way, way to do it, but it did not work for me. I was working a ton. I was traveling a lot for work. Um, I was traveling for, I'd see my parents go back to Virginia. I was, I was all over the place. Yeah. 
at the same time life trying was to... happening at the same time your investment property was trying to get worked on yeah how, how rude of life to do that <laughs> like... <laughs> but then you know i'm trying to do all that and then i'm like all right let me call 12 plumbers and none of them get back to me let me call 15 electricians and none of them i get two quotes and one's obscene and you know so i was just trying to like that honestly took so long me trying to essentially build a general contractor's business all at once for, for one it. deal. Uh, eventually things started getting pieced together, like the, the rough and electric, the rough and plumbing got done, the framing got done, um, took a long time. And then uh, everything was great. Everything was going great. It was taking time. Everything was going great. And then I, uh, after my first construction draw, I was like, man, I'm going to be way over budget. So it, I don't know if you want to jump into all those mistakes, but I went way over budget. Oh no. What happened? <laughs> getting, getting a thing to close. Uh, I mean, it was tight to begin with. Like it appraised for 137. Am I all in budget purchase plus renovation, not counting holding costs and not right. counting any unknowns was like 120. So it's, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's rough. It's tight. Yeah. 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 Um, so anything goes over that, like I'm, you're kind of screwed. Right. So it just took so much. I've, I've never built a house before. Right. And had to do it. So it's just it's like, oh, this is how much it costs. It doesn't cost $2,000 to paint. It costs 3,600. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Yeah. So it's just all the little things start adding up in the budget cycle and everything. And you're just. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen it too. Like it's when people say they go $50,000 over budget. They, which I didn't, I only went 25,000 over budget, but 25, okay. so I went $25,000 over budget, but it's not like two things that did that. It's no. 12. Yeah. And you it, don't notice like, it. It's every $500 over that you're all of a sudden like, well, wait a minute. There were 30 things that were over by 500 bucks. So yeah, that adds up to uh, 15,000 real quick. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so dealing with that, dealing with inspections was a new process. I didn't know how to do that. Um, there was no no real hiccups. The only hiccup there was the the framing inspection, because these these are like little shotgun houses in the old downtown area. So they built them right next to each other. There's no oh. distance between the houses. Oh wow! So the one neighbor is like three feet away, <laughs> and then the other one is literally like twelve inches. Oh wow! Uh, so you have to get a fire rated wall, and I didn't know that. Oh sure so i did the siding so that what i learned is you do like the outside sheathing you do five eighths inch fire rated drywall and then you do your siding i skipped that very important part fire oh, no. <laughs> drywall so i get the call from the inspector and he's like yeah your house is gonna burn down because you don't have the fire like the fire rating and he said you can either take off all your siding which costs it costs seven grand to do all that and then put this up and then do it again. Or you can get the drywall and put it between all the studs on the inside. So that costs uh, 1800 bucks to fix. That was a, a nice yeah. mistake there. But yeah. yeah, but at least it was an 1800 repair, not a $7,000 repair. Right, right. Yeah, got to see the good. 
Okay. So, um, so you get through construction uh, again, there's overages all over the place. You're now 25,000 over budget. You get to, um, closing on it. Was there anything that you discovered in that, um, closing process on a construction loan that was, I mean, I know all of that was new to you, but was there anything mm. that came up at that point? No, I, looking back at my numbers, I'm kind of, I'm honestly can't believe they approved the loan just because of how thin <laughs> the margins were. Like I was looking at a $15,000 pre-tax profit, best case scenario, and they, they approved it. Um, I mean, their risk was a little less because they only did 80% of the purchase plus renovation. Sure. But I was like, man, that's, that's pretty wild, but it was a great tool to learn. I used it uh, two other times to, after that. Oh, cool. it, it, it's such a great, great product. Um, but it's pretty simple. It, it's almost like anything else. The only difference is you essentially get two appraisals, the as is and subject to. And the nice part is, especially if it's a rental property and doing the bird deals, the biggest question is, is it going to appraise for what I think it's going to appraise at the very end after I've invested right. all this time and money and effort. With the construction loan, you know that before you even close on the deal. So you'll pay 350 bucks for that appraisal before you do anything, <laughs> sure. uh, which, which, I mean, that was really great. It just kind of gives you that extra, like, okay, that's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that, that light at the end of the tunnel of like, oh, okay, as long as we, you know, don't, you know, have the thing burned down midway, we, we've got something that we can refer to and say like, okay, here's ARV. Here's where we're going to be. We're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay. So um, you get finished, you get construction, it's completed. Uh, you now have a, a refurbished property that uh, has a floor and non-wobbly walls. Um, what do you do with it? So as this was going on, my initial intent was to flip it. Okay. Get in, get out, learn a ton, make a little bit of money and use that as a down payment for the next deal. After going way over budget. So my all in so purchase was 42.5. The renovation was 105,000. <laughs> so my all in is 147.5 and it appraised for 137. So selling is just out of the question. I've also put like nine months of like blood, sweat and tears into it. <laughs> yep. So I was just, I kind of had that emotional attachment, which is not a good thing to have in investments, but it, this, this worked out. So I so selling is out of the question. So new exit strategy, uh, long-term rental. Cause I had two of those at the time. Okay. So contact my property manager, ask him what would this rent for? It's brand new. It's beautiful. And he said $800 a month, which for $150,000 property, what I have into it, 800, it's like a half percent rule. That's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as this is going like over this nine month period, I'm going to the meetups, I'm networking, I'm talking to people. My property managers led a few sessions about them launching their short-term rental Airbnb property management arm. And the numbers sound phenomenal. So I can't sell it. That won't work. Long-term rental won't work. So I asked them to like, Hey, well, how this work is on Airbnb. And they said, conservatively, it would bring in 1900 a month in rents. Wow. Uh, that was not the case. So I, I went through and did it. It's an Airbnb. It launched uh, last in June, late June of this year. Okay. So they said conservatively it'd be 1900. That was not the case. Since then it's been netting 2300 a month in wow. rents. 
And last month was like $3,600. It was, it was amazing. Holy cow. Uh, so nine months of feeling like a, feeling like a failure <laughs> yeah, yeah, going way over budget and everything. All my exit strategies are exhausted. I almost like have to keep going and do it as an Airbnb. And it's just turned into this amazing little nugget of, of like cash flow. It's, it's been oh, wow. fantastic. So, uh, I, I mean, that's amazing that here in a, in a pandemic that you're getting such great cash flow from an Airbnb <laughs> property. Uh, Do that. Are they telling you like who's traveling and staying here? It's, uh, it's been a little bit of a mix. So it's been some, some people just wanted to like get out of their house oh, okay. and, and stay in an Airbnb. There's been a lot of longer stays like for this month. October is 100% booked from one person. They booked all of October through November 8th, just one one person. Wow. Um, and I think it's just, that from what they've been telling me, it's just people wanting to get out and not stay at a hotel because they're not sure like who's in and out. They can get sure. into an Airbnb. It's professionally clean and it's like their, their home essentially. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't believe it either. I was like, dude, this, this is awful. Because when the pandemic started and it really hit home in like April, I was just, I was committed to the Airbnb plan. Right, right. I was like, I'm so screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to have one stay every other month. And right. that's it. Wow. No, that's amazing because, I mean, over here on the West Coast, I mean, they talk, I, you've seen a lot of people that are doing okay in Airbnbs, but they're not in traditional urban areas. They are in staycation areas, you know, where people are like, all right, we just want to go to the beach. So we want to get out of the house and go for a weekend or, or you know, an extended weekend or that sort of stuff. Um, but I hadn't even considered about marketing people like, do you just need a change of scenery? Do you literally just need to get out of your house for a week or a weekend and mm -hmm. not be around? That's amazing. And this like totally changed, the success of this totally changed my investment strategy too. Oh, wow. That's the other reason I like, I love this deal so much. So like the big changes for me where I'm not doing little shotgun houses with ARVs under like around 150 or so. I want to do bigger things. And then the other big thing was for Airbnbs. Like there's uh, that one I bought before this one. Once the lease is done, I'm just going to turn it to an Airbnb. Because oh, sure. you look at, you start looking at comps. You look at comps for Airbnbs the same way you do long-term rentals or or flips, it's the same thing. You're just looking at a different platform. Um, and then I'm looking at uh, Asheville, North Carolina for the Airbnbs down there. Cause they, <laughs> so for the Airbnb, you can't change the number of days in a month. There's only gonna be like 30, right? right? But what you can change is how much you charge per day. Right. So if you have a property that's $90 a day, that's great, but you're, you're capped at that 90 times 30. But the properties down there, Airbnb in for like three and four hundred dollars a night. Whoa. And they're fully booked. And uh, I found some financing where I could do 5% down with no PMI. So I'm like, I'm doing that. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's if you can get Navy Federal, they're they're pretty, they get have some pretty oh, good. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. I, 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 my wife's parents are uh, all Navy and stuff. And so their whole family swear, swears by their products. They're just like, mm. they, you, you can't beat them. Right. Right. Very cool. Okay. So, uh, so let's, um, before we run the numbers on the um, property and stuff, um, what was it that you did for the, 
well, you, everything you did. <laughs> the question is usually normally, what did you do for the first time on this deal? But you did everything for the first time on this deal from getting the funding in a construction loan to hiring the contractors to going through in, uh, inspections and appraisals and, and all that sort of stuff. And then having to figure out a brand new strategy for you know holding it that actually makes you money instead of costing you money. Yeah, yeah I checked all the boxes, like how to find an off-market deal, how to get funds for construction, how to do a renovation, every aspect of it, yeah. every exit strategy explored. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to put on this one. Like, yes, did first <laughs> yeah. time. Okay. So knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently looking at this property the first time? I've, I've gone to see other properties that are like this and I just kind of get PTSD and I'm just like, never again. <laughs> <laughs> But it's one of those things, it's a little cliche, but like I wouldn't have changed a thing. Like I needed to go through that nine months of education and learning and tripping and falling and failing uh, to adjust my mindset. Like the, this deal completely changed how I approach real estate investments. And it really, it, that nine months just going through that afterwards, I've just kind of supercharged my investment career after that with all the knowledge before. So like, I really wouldn't, I wish I would have, by the knowledge I did now, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, but, yeah. but since I did, like, it's, it's kind of my baby. I want to keep it for a long time. And oh, very that's cool. uh yeah, I, I like, I love that little, I love that house. I hated yeah. it for nine months, but now I love it. So. Yeah. 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 It, it starts off as the project you hate to have and, and own, but then you're, you point at it too, is, you know, again, as you said, you know, that proud certificate of, I became an investor and this is the house that taught me everything I know. And it was terrible going through it, but man, I'm so good now because of it. Right. Right. So it's my degree. I actually have a picture of it. I keep, it's right next to my college degree <laughs> and it's a, it's a picture of it when it was like on the stilts and, and everything like that. And I, I hung that up on the Airbnb too. It's the picture of it before is in the Airbnb. When you walk oh, in the that's door, right. they see that's that. That's so good. Very cool. Uh, well, I think you've run through uh, the other numbers here, but let's just make sure we've got them all. So um, your purchase price on the property was 42.5. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your reno was 105,000. Okay. Uh, the reno included all the other expenses and we don't count the taxes and all that sort of stuff. Income today has been steady at 2,300 a month. It varies a little bit, but yeah, I think the worst month was like 1800 or 1900. Okay. But it's, yeah, around, around that, if you average it out, it's been uh, that per month. And, and that's still well above your 1% rule for what you're looking at. So that's great. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and at the end of the day, you change your entire strategy and this is how you're acquiring stuff now and looking for the next thing. So that's just fantastic. Cool. Um, so, uh, Charlie, thank you for coming on. If people want to connect with you, uh, where can they do that? So if you want to just reach out and say, hey, uh, feel free to email me. My email is charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E, at muhexatonscholarship.org. It's M-U-H-E-X-A-T-O-N-S-C-H scholarship. It's ironic because it, we'll <laughs> I put run it in the, the scholarship notes. fund. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But BX Science College, it's a it's like a nonprofit around the side. Um, and then 
I'm doing a, I have a little YouTube channel. It's very just me just talking about whatever. Uh, the series I'm doing now is for my current flip, which has a lot more room than 15,000. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. Um, but I, I kind of documented my last two deals. So the, I did a, another Burr strategy, Burr property before this one, or I'm sorry, after the one we just talked about right. for the last 30 minutes. But bef before my current flip, I did a, a bird deal and I just went through week by week. Here's what this looks like. It, it's not glamorous. You just hear the problems I have to solve this week. And here's what I'm doing to do it. Yeah. Going through. And then for the flip, uh, same thing, just each, each week going through and be like, all right, the, the drywall's done, but this got delayed and this, that, and the other. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's Charlie's Pockets on on YouTube. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, in, in regards to, you know, uh, the updates and stuff, I think that's awesome. I wish more people would do that so other people could see what it's like day, you know, at least week by week, uh, because there's a couple of investors in our meetup that uh, their philosophy is, uh, oh, I must be a real estate investor. I'm wearing jeans, a t-shirt, I'm covered in dirt, and I don't know how to solve the next three problems that are in front <laughs> of me, but I'm going to figure it out before midnight. Right, right. Well, what an amazing story. I, I got to tell you, I don't know if I would have had the guts that Charlie had to stand in front of a lot with the floors torn up, uh, the building torn to pieces, and material stacked in the backyard ready to go and pursued it with the same passion that he did. But uh, got to give him credit. It worked out for him in the end. And not only that, here in the year of COVID, Charlie actually took what was going to be a fix and flip that didn't work and instead of eating it, has turned it into a really profitable uh, property. It's just fantastic what you guys are able to accomplish when you put your minds to it and you have resources that you can pull on in order to make great things happen. If you'd like to connect with Charlie, you're more than welcome to check the show notes. We've got a link to his YouTube channel there where you can catch the latest on what he is working on. Thank you, Charlie, for sharing your story with us. And if you are an investor that wants to talk about a deal you've done, please feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at info at dissectingthedeal.com. As always, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. And I was, I was the same way. Like, all I... All I heard was passive investment. And I've always been frugal and done, sure. like invest in the stock market and everything. So I was like, oh, okay, like passive investing. Uh, the math is so easy. You can say it in a sentence, you buy it, you fix it, <laughs> you refinance, you go on. It, like I can do that. Yeah, yeah. And then when you when you do it, it's, it's a job and you gotta learn how to do it. And there's no boss to, <laughs> there's no salary. It's like, you gotta figure it out and, and yeah. go, yeah. Hey investors, if you've stuck it around this long and that means that I think you've found this podcast of value to you and if anybody provides you value, there's always supposed to be something that you can do for them in return. And so here's my really simple request. Please go and on to either Stitcher, on iTunes, on whatever format it is you're listening to this, please go and like, subscribe, leave a review. I know these are things that we don't like to do, but you were able to find this through someone you knew. There's an investor out there that is looking for this type of content that wants to hear Charlie talk about his deal and figure out how to make it. And he or she cannot find it because of an algorithm. And that's the world we live in. Algorithms kind of determine what we get to listen to. Well, an algorithm doesn't know that this podcast is a value unless you, the listener, tell the algorithm that you enjoyed it.
So please go leave a like, uh, a, a review, tell me what you thought. It would really help in making sure that this gets into more ears and so that we can provide more value to other investors. Thank you again.